morning, everyone. I'm Charlie Fink. It's This Week in XR, the first show of the year, January 8th, 2020. I'm joined by my friend, Kathy Hackle, our guest host uh, for today's show, and my uh, co-host, Ted Shilowitz, the futurist for Paramount Pictures. So today, the, you know, the first short week of January before CES is not the big news week of the year. So we didn't really get a chance because of because we didn't do it to do a, a roundup of 2020. And so Kathy is the perfect person. She's an author, she's a researcher, she's a strategist, a former Magic Leap executive, uh, and she has a new book coming out, which we should talk about real quickly at the top of the show. And then we're gonna play a little game where we're each gonna trade what we think are the top uh, 10 stories uh, for uh, 2020. Uh, not only in VR and AR, but also in uh, technology writ large. Uh, Ted, Ted, big thinker, and I'm excited uh, to hear what he is uh, choosing. Of course, we're all probably going to agree on a lot of these. So, you know, uh, according to the rules, if you if that's one on your list, you should own up to and say, "Good one, Kathy. That was on my list." <laughs> so, anyway, Kathy, tell us about your new book, uh, which I'm really, really excited about reading. And thanks, Ted and Charlie, for having me on this episode. I'm really excited. I do think, I've been thinking a lot about this because the three of us are futurists in some ways. Uh, I think this episode should be like three futurists walk into a bar, or in this case, a Zoom. <laughs> so <laughs> we can tell those jokes. A virtual bar. So yeah, my second book's coming out in, um, in about a month or so. We're still kind of figuring out the exact launch date, but it's called The Augmented Workforce how AI, AR, and 5G will impact every dollar you make. Um, I've uh, co-written it with John Bozell, who works for Unreal, um, you know, Epic. So very excited. John's a really good friend. Uh, we've known each other for years, and um, it was kind of a no-brainer to partner up with him and write this book. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's. I think the whole premise of the book is, um, yeah, it is for the VR and AR folks um, that work in the space, but I think it's more for uh, people in the business world that want to better understand some of the changes that are coming. Mm -hmm. And I think our whole thesis with the book is uh, so much focus is put on technology as something that replaces the worker, uh, you know, the substitutes the worker. And yes, there will be, you know, there will be that, there will be automation and there will be jobs lost. Uh, but we're looking at the premise more from how does it augment the workforce and help uh, complement what workers do or even allow them to do things they weren't able to do before. So new jobs. Um, so that's kind of like in a very broad term, um, a broad way of looking at the book. And we're just, we're really excited. Uh, we're starting to have people preview it. Um, I can also share that the, um, that the foreword is being written, written by Brian Solis, which I know a lot of people here probably know. He's, uh, he's a friend and he's just a fantastic uh, big thinker as well. Great, can't wait to read it. Very <laughs> So Kathy, since you're the guest, <clears throat> let's kick it off with you. What do you think the biggest tech story of 2020 was? Ooh, so I try to take a big of a, like try to take a step back, to be honest guys. And I went for like, strange fringe tech related stories, right? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say they're the biggest, but they're the ones that made me think the most that okay. I think could open up conversations. Sure. So um, so I'll give you one right now. Um, there's kind of been this uptick in conversations around digital doping. 
So, um, and you know, probably didn't probably didn't expect that, but basically it's thinking through with virtual cycling and all the competitiveness and all of us working out at home because we can't go to the gym or we prefer not to the go, go to the gym. So how are we using data and code and, um, you know, and things to, to change digital performance when there's competition? So mm -hmm. esports, I mean, this is it's something that is a big conversation in gaming and esports. Uh, in virtual cycling, they had um, a, a cyclist that got reprimanded for digital doping. Um, you know, I'm thinking through in VR and AR, if we're getting competitive with VR esports and with, you know, Beat Saber, um, you know, and there's money on the line, right? How does digital doping impact that? So it's 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 more of a social um, kind of conversation around technology and what how does that impact, you know, because obviously, uh, you had the article, I think it was Kevin Roos that wrote in the New York Times about being a VR gym rat. Um, so there's this other side to it, which is digital doping. And how does that change if we're just going to start betting on these people and, you know, all these prices given away in esports? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, that would be like the next step after VTubing, right? Where you have people who VTube and get supported through ads and Patreons. Uh, and um, you could e easily see that uh, becoming spatial. Well, it's interesting you bring it up, and it reminds me that I've, I've read a number of articles that had a, an impact on me about um, the really nuanced understanding of cheating and success, and that regardless of the form or format or existence of whatever humans do, humans by their nature cheat. And when you boil it down to an anthropology- Well, that was always the problem with communism, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you boil it down to an anthropological question, anthropological dynamic, it's it's a survival instinct to take every possible advantage you have and plug it into your human nature. And then then there's an ethical code that rides on top of that. And people decide, well, I could do that, but I shouldn't do that. Um, and it's been proven over and over again with overwhelming volume that regardless of the form or format, people will find a way to find an advantage, whether it's inside the rule set or not inside the rule set. And now that we're living inside a digital rule set for effectively almost our entire existence, and certainly in 2020, um, something like digital doping becomes a real dynamic because yeah. people will find a way to cheat. And no doubt people have cheated on esports and people cheat in competitive gaming, just like Lance Armstrong cheated in mm -hmm. real biking and and you know that's a, that's a tragic story he was a hero he, he was a hero so ted you're up ne biggest story of 2020. Uh, so it's interesting charlie i don't have one biggest story i have lots of little nuggets that i think are probably sort of the painfully obvious um but the top of my list is facebook's project aria um i think you know for all of the the discussion that we've had and all the fodder around facebook pro and con and and, the, and talk about you know digital doping and, and the digital endorphin of knowing that algorithm uh, and, and exploiting it for capital, right? That in some ways is cheating, right? Uh, and, and competitive advantage. Um, it should be noted that Facebook is taking the next step into mixed reality at scale with real significant dollars. Um, and they have proven the first successful, arguably, successful platform in VR, now they're moving into MR. And, and this is different from Bose Frames, how? So, so Project Aria is Facebook's mixed reality platform. Um, you know, Kathy used to work at Magic Leap, 
So she, I and mean, there's a magic leap, but whoever's watching the YouTube version of this right behind her. Yeah. Um, Facebook is arguably putting an order of magnitude more dollars against mixed reality than Magic Leap did. And Magic Leap raised, at first blush, an enormous amount of funds, mm -hmm. right? Close to 3 billion, 2.6, 2.7 billion dollars. And people were like, that's an enormous amount of money, but probably, I wouldn't say a drop in the bucket, but exponentially lower than what Facebook, Apple, Google, and right. probably Amazon are spending. <clears throat> right. What did Microsoft spend developing the HoloLens and, right. and mm -hmm. which part of the development of the HoloLens are we counting? Correct. And, and to that point, Ted, it's really interesting because I spoke with um, at, at the same event in Harvard with Andrew Bosworth, who's like the VP at uh, Facebook Reality Labs. Fantastic guy, by the way. Um, and he and I were having a conversation, you know, I was like, I work at Magic Leap and we we're chatting. And he, he said something really interesting to me. He said, you know, it's really hard, even if you're well-funded, to be an only an R&D company. Right. This is what he said to me, not what I know. <laughs> uh, and, and that just really that really is aligned to what you're saying. You know, if you have the capital to to fund that R&D within your organization that's already making sense of money, it's going to be easier for you to be successful rather than actually be the company creating that. So so definitely, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that's a very interesting conversation. Um, I did see. Didn't they make an announcement this uh, this week related to launching the glasses sooner rather than later? Oh, maybe um, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think something. Can, can, let's just take a step back and describe the product that yeah. you're talking about, Ted. Project sure. Aria is the Ray-Ban people are making the glasses so they'll presumably look cool. Right. And um, and and the functionality, as I understand it right now, is just spatial sound. Yeah, well, it's a it's a research project, right? So it's a little yeah. bit shrouded in mystery, but it is an audio-visual project. Yeah. It is not just a a sound project. They have a lot of research going on into the spatial sound and the use cases similar to like what an Alexa does on steroids, but wearing it. So you'd be kind, you know, because obviously typing isn't the right interface for when you're wearing something, not all the time. Um, and there will be an advanced visual component to this that will be um, similar in some ways to what Magic Leap has done and what HoloLens has done um, and what um, uh, Unreal has done. Yeah, so a lot of good stories in there uh, mixed together. Yeah. The biggest tech story of the year, <clears throat> of, of course, um, is the pandemic that affected everything. And, and there are a few things related to that, right? One is the end of the office. The other is the enormous run-up in the stock market. Uh, and um, what are the economic effects going to be of ameliorating the effects of the pandemic, yeah. right? Because you're printing a lot of money to... So people can eat. That is good, but it is also, you know, going to affect uh, the stock market and the price of houses and the price of food. And so it's an amazing lead. I heard I heard an interesting perspective on the run up of the stock market, and, and one of my on my list has, has related to to the run up mm -hmm. of, of certain equities. Yeah, um, well, the tech side specifically. Yeah, um, and and it was an interesting perspective. It was that we have a very deep, big exposure on the people that are really struggling economically. The service yeah. workers, the people that are earning in a, in a challenge like month to month paycheck. Um, and that's a huge part of our US population. But there's another huge part of our population that are still the comfortable middle class. And they have capital in any right. circumstance. And they haven't actually been able to spend their money on goods and services right. 
of the home. Huge they pent have up more demand. Money. Huge pent and up demand. Just uh, putting yeah. it into the stock market. Right. Well, um, savings rates have gone through the roof. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was probably the first stimulus check that people actually saved Same. because yeah. people are staying at home. So that's going to have, you know, I think there's no question that many jobs that were in person will now be remote and many things, telemedicine being a good example of things that were always sort of kind of should have happened that just boom, happened, happened. done. Mm -hmm. um, and, and of course, you know, teleeducation uh, is less developed, but obviously, you know, had a huge leap uh, in, in terms of people's ability to do it. And, you know, the way that uh, multi-party video conferencing on computers is, and, and phones is what we do now. Yeah. And you know, so, to add to that. Those are big societal changes, but let me finish. The one big, Wait, thing, the one big thing related to tech is that there's a vaccine. You know, so so one part of it is social, but the other part is, I mean, biotech, come on. To me, biotech, story of the year. And and one thing it made me think of, because I, I've been saying this for 20 years, is that had we had a moonshot to cure cancer and funded it with the amount of money we spent on the Middle East wars, yep. we would have a cure for cancer right now. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, I just well, say, it, wow, it, biotech, this is really powerful. And you know, and just big, as powerful as computers. Here's a big thing that, that has continued to kind of rattle me. And I'm curious, Kathy, if you think about this. With the fact that we, you know, in, in unbelievably record time, figured out this messenger RNA situation and are able to create a vaccine for something that we can't actually cure, we can just trick the body into believing we won't get sick from it and we actually won't get sick from it. Um, at least 95% of yeah. whatever the statistics are. But what's fascinating, at least in the United States, is the abject failure of us being able to figure out how to, at mass, at scale, get it into people's arms. So the meme of the year for me that I got, and I, I should just pull it up, it's in a text, but someone, let me, let me just do it. I want to read it correctly. Um, okay. Uh, find it. Um, goodness gracious, now, of course, I can't figure out the rest of it. I, I all right, we're running out of time. Kathy, you're up, next one. Um, all right, so another two really, let me, I'm, I'm, it's hard to choose, they're so good. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit out, you know, out, out of this world kind of, kind of thing with like strange stories of 2020. Um, so one of the things I've been exploring is space marketing. So literally space out marketing, space marketing. marketing in space. Yeah. Um, so this I year, well, this year, let's launch a Tesla Roadster at Mars. Yeah. So in 2020, L'Oreal paid NASA $128,000 to send out, send up uh, 10 bottles of one of their serums into the ISS. And they had astronauts uh, take pictures. Um, and this is kind of really interesting in two ways. So first of all, in the early 2000s, Pizza Hut paid a million dollars to send a pizza to a cosmonaut in the ISS. Yep. Uh, so the price of space marketing has now gone down considerably, you can say. Um, and it also begs the question, are astronauts going to become the new content creators and creative directors? Uh, we know with movies being slated to be filmed in space and um, i know space marketing activations for the world cup well, so anyway this was on my list this is this <laughs> is a space was on my list is one of the top five stories i agree yeah everything about it 
but in particular for uh, those of us in tech, Starlink. Oh my God. Yeah. That's something. Uh, that's something the UN should have done. Yeah. Well, and space media has always been a thing, right? From the yes. earliest days of the yeah. earliest missions, the Mercury missions, uh, and the, those famous uh, stories of filming the the frost particles, you know, in the in the early. Um, the orbital missions and nobody really knowing what they were and the astronauts talking about it. It just became that it was the social media of the day. It was the yeah, I mean, give us the something, give us something to be optimistic about. God, yeah. good God. Right. You know, I mean, it's 2021. Come on, let's go. So I, I guess the uh, corollary to that, uh, Kathy, is, is Elon Musk Tony Stark? Hmm. <laughs> well, he's certainly the richest man on the planet now. <laughs> he is now. That's true. <laughs> All right, Ted. Top five. Which one? Well, I found the meme, so here it is. I'll go for, uh, go for. If we go into another lockdown, just train all the Amazon delivery drivers to give the vaccine. The entire population will be That's immunized. A... The entire population will be immunized by Saturday, Wednesday, if you have Amazon Prime. <laughs> Oh my God. And it was, it was that is funny, but, but it really struck me as like, how come we don't have like a national register? We all have social security numbers and we just go to a website we put our social security number in and like, like the, the world's butcher shop, we get our number. And when right. our number's up, we go, why does it have to be this complete right. train wreck where nobody can get one in this? Text message, your appointment is next Wednesday. Yeah. It's I just like, it's why can't we well, do I that? Maybe I, can, Biden, I have to give Biden props to that will do that. Like, yeah. just let's hope that he's got someone that goes, we can figure this out. We have, you know, we have things that have mass line structures, virtual lines. So you will know your date. And, you, mm -hmm. and like, there, there are horrible stories of senior citizens in Florida, like yeah. waiting overnight in their cars, lined up like a concert to just get in to get their shot and not knowing if they'll get it. They should have a number, like just like the deli. You know, they should be able to know. Let's 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 move on because I fear we're okay. go, we're running out of time and we're going down a ra no. all, all rabbit holes um, uh, lead to politics. I'm I'm sorry, I've got a dog management issue here. Stop. Oh. Okay. Everyone listen to the podcast. Go. Oh. oh yeah, exactly. Oh, he's he's a 50 pound nine month old Australian Shepherd. What were we thinking? of uh, two old people with a herding dog. So uh, anyway, uh, AI. My, my, oh, you want to talk about AI? AI. Well, in terms of what are the stories of the year for 2020, I have to say uh, there's a very good question that is kind of like a fart hanging in the air, which is, is giving us what we want online to kill us? Uh. That's a big question. You know, because all of this AI and this dangerous social media stuff was a byproduct of people wanting to see things of interest to them. And a social media company saying, oh, geez, if we could help them in that way, we would, you know, acquire a lot of their time, which would be super valuable. You know, their time and attention. So, okay, that's legit. I'd invest in that company. Not a crazy idea. But the algorithm that got created can be used in nefarious ways, it's it's the unintended consequences of just normal tech that never get thought about until the hammer drops. Yeah. And now here we are with um, recommendation engines being a form of mind control, and they are, um, you know, being used by private companies for commerce, 
um, without our knowledge. And it, it, they can sell us there and they are selling people, not intentionally, mm -hmm. but as a byproduct of the way they work, yeah. they are, you know, selling people uh, dangerous, untrue, sedition area ideas. Well, we're getting right back into the politics thing. I know. Well, let's let's move on. Next topic. Yeah. Come on. Hold on, hold on. I do want to add something there, Charlie, and it is okay. foreign policy related. So you have news coming out of China uh, with uh, the Ant Group and Alibaba, and obviously they're being uh, you know they're being looked at for anti-monopoly stances. But there's a rumor, or there's a lot of stuff being circulated right now uh, that the Chinese government's going to nationalize Alibaba uh, and, and the Ant Group. And that has major implications oh for God. AI and what they've created. Yes. Um, so Great from point. an AI perspective, ooh, that gets me a little scared. MIA, because I think last check he was MIA. Um, yes. And I don't know, and I don't think the world knows what has happened to him. Yeah. Jack Mavis, uh, the founder. Yeah. yeah, I just, ooh, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I want a country in charge of what they the have. Hole, and it's the end of the show, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> As long as we're talking about the rabbit hole, how about the biggest hack in human history that hasn't even been unraveled yet? Your dog is squeaking his squeaky toy. All right, that's it. I'm taking your squeaker. Stop that. So, so I've got a fun one, too. Let me, let me just clarify that for yeah. our friends who are still listening. Yeah. Um, the biggest story of the year also was a hack on the scale, you know, that no one could have imagined. And the consequences of it are still... I, believe mostly unknown so that's going to hang over our heads for uh quite a while yeah and, uh, and again a terrifying unintended consequences of you know uh functions of government becoming digitized as they should be but you know once it happens they're you know uh, they're uh, more vulnerable than they ever were Charlie, I want to add I want to give you my last one because I think it'll end us in a really good good place we weird but fun magic mushrooms okay <laughs> dc i live in dc and voters in dc in november um voted to approve psilocybin which is one of the components of magic mushrooms for therapeutics and oregon is also looking at them so this concept that seemed to be very fringe where you went out you know out of the us for a magic mushroom vacation or you went to do ayahuasca in Peru, like that's all kind of starting to shift. I have friends very much involved in this, in the psilocybin side of the potential potential business, which a huge upside. So, it, so anyway. If you have a legalized weed store in DC, <laughs> you'll also be able to get mushrooms. Get your mushrooms. So I don't know, just from a psychedelic perspective, <laughs> what are you guys thinking of that? Like, are you guys thinking of it? I like it? the idea of congressional staffers in there every night getting their mushroom hit. Oh, for those of you on video, this is Teddy. Teddy, we call him the Tedster. Ted, yeah, Teddy. We got lots of Teds in our world. Um, <laughs> All right, you got topic. anything, Ted? Anything left? Well, the that's the one on the magic mushrooms. Um, I guess my comment would be, it's all about personal freedom, which is good. And thank God we have self-driving cars coming because the more oh. people have more <laughs> options to sort of alter their world. That is true. The thing I just don't want people to be doing is getting in a car and driving. So <laughs> go Elon, because my yeah. car, as Charlie knows, I'm up in the mountains today in my continued escape from LA uh, strategy. But with, the new Apple, with the new Apple car, you won't have to do anything. I won't have to do anything. Finish. Right. I'll wear my glasses. Mm -hmm. and you know, just my all Apple. you have to do is, you know, uh, Apple Play and, you know, uh, 
and buy more Apple stuff. By the way, a couple of big stories in XR that we didn't talk about. And we should yeah. get to them next week, I think, because CES is coming up and they'll have something to say. But others will start to play their hand as yeah. Apple gets closer and closer uh, to announcing their product. And uh, we can handicap whether we'll hear more about that in 2021. Thank you everybody for listening. Kathy, it is so good to see you. Uh, you look great, you sound great. Uh, your ideas are always fun and exciting. Uh, so thanks for bringing that to our show. I hope you'll come back again soon. Thanks for having me. Ted, see you next week. Thanks everybody. Thank you.